0: We got some this new is jams. awesome music.
1: <laughs> if, anything we'll, if anything will make Nick dance, it's this music, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The
1: producer remembered. We mentioned last show when he threw this tune on that we wanted it to be our new music for a little bit. So there you go. Hope you're dancing out there in the stratosphere. Well, good morning, everyone. Howdy. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite Pro-Life Morning Show. I'm Laura Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life.
0: And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy for us to join with you each and every Friday morning as we continue to talk about what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can work to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life.
1: That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, devotional, more prayer. Again, we always say, here at wake up to life that you get it all right in about 30 40 minutes uh so we're usually together about that amount of time and we cover a lot of ground so you'll find out what's going on in the pro-life pro-family world you'll be able to pray and be inspired and uh you know get a good tip that works whether you are a sidewalk advocate or you are a sidewalk advocate out in the culture so again thank you for spending some of your time with us how are things in the great state of florida this morning
0: yeah things are good you know it's um still our endless summer so it's a good morning um you know not too much is different than last week right it's still a a hot and and, um, enjoyable for some of us um florida weather we haven't had any more big storms so that's kind of nice and um the family's doing good so it's a good good
1: day well i'm sitting over here in pleasant north texas And I am marveling at the fact that it is two weeks from today that the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference is going to kick off in Dallas, Texas, and we still have tickets. And I'm going to give you something special here on the show we've got a small handful of free tickets that have been sponsored by some folks. And so, you know, we have some cancellations, a couple sponsors that weren't able to fill some spots. And so, if you go to ProLifeConference.com and you enter the word free, this is a perk of listening to the show this morning, right? You enter the word free, you can snag one of those tickets. And you just scroll down and go to selecting uh, your ticket option and then you enter the code free. Now, what is so amazing is we have over 40 sponsors, over 40 speakers. From the time that you get to us on Friday all the way through Sunday early afternoon, we cover all of your meals. All meals are covered. We have a free shuttle to and from DFW International Airport. We have a room block, but it expires today. So the discount room block expires today. If you get a buddy you can split the room and split that cost in half, right? So there's lots of ways to save. And DFW International, Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport is a major airport. And if you go on one of these search engines like Expedia or Kayak or something like that, you can find a really, really good deal. Now, side tip. Uh, If you are flying Southwest Airlines, you're going to be at the other airport about 23 minutes away from DFW International. But some people are doing that because they're finding a a good deal on Southwest Airlines and then they're Ubering over, right? Or I guess, lifting over. I don't know what people say these days. but <laughs> They
0: are getting a ride <laughs>
1: getting, over. <laughs> a ride. There you go. So anyways, lots right. of options, right? I'm not necessarily endorsing one thing over another here, but just saying there's all these travel tools out there that can help you to get to Dallas in a cost-effective manner. So- Anyways, very exciting. Uh, Let me ask this, Nate. What are you most excited about? Because you're going to be emceeing this whole thing all weekend. Oh, wow. That is really
0: a hard loaded question. What am I most excited about? Okay, so I am most excited about the incredible lineup that we have and how we're really working so hard as we've designed this conference for really almost a whole year to address things that are so pertinent to the movement right now and that help us to expand the reach of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. You know, really making sure that we're tackling issues that are related to the sidewalk and to our sidewalk advocates, but also pull in the rest of the pro-life, pro-love movement as we continue to resource women and strengthen our presence, you know, across the nation as we continue to work on all the changing laws. So I'm really excited about that. And of course, we're always excited to see everybody again. It's great to be in person. So we're really excited to see each and every one of you and hope that if you can, you grab a free ticket today. And uh, make your plans to join us in Dallas. Just two weeks. Yes.
1: And a special shout out to our co host Pro Love Ministries. And then then there were none, Abortion Worker Ministry, the the ministries that former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson started, giving a shout out to Every Life Diaper Company, the first pro-life diaper company. One Visit Away, an incredible organization that helps others raise support and um, inspires others to be generous in support of their mission, Right. Uh, Thomas More Society, our attorneys, attorneys for so many of you in the pro-life movement. They're also sponsoring. They're the one-stop shop for life, marriage, religious liberty. Right? Who else am I? Am I forgetting anybody, Nate? Do we? Come- yeah, reprotection. Oh, Reprotection. Reprotection. Yeah. yeah, we report all the odd things that we see at abortion facilities right. to Reprotection, and they know their expertise is how to get that information. They 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 kind of sift that information and they get it to local officials with the hope that they they and we together can shut down dangerous abortion businesses. So an incredible lineup, plus all of our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze sponsors. So thank you all again for, if you're somebody who has uh, chosen to sponsor or you're speaking at the conference, this is going to be an epic post-row training ground to equip the Saints to be able to continue in, in such a special way in this, you know, huge new landscape to save lives and to end abortion in their communities exciting right? it's going to be incredible all right well how about we pray and then get rolling with the show we got actually two special interviews uh two of the ladies that are going to be addressing sex trafficking like what is it how do we respond i mean there's so many things We're, we're barely gonna tip the iceberg here in uh the show But you'll get a preview of what they'll be sharing at the conference. And then, you know, those of you that maybe can't join us in Dallas here in a couple of weeks, you can get connected to them and learn more about their incredible ministry. So, yeah, yeah, with that, time to pray, right? That's right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day.
0: Thank you for the incredible impact of all of these organizations that are joining us at the conference. God, we thank you for what you are doing through Salvo Advocates for Life. Today and each and every day, God, we pray this morning for sidewalk advocates who are on the sidewalks of abortion facilities as they are working to reach out to women and men who are going in and out of those facilities. God, we thank you for the incredible things that we've seen you do and the miracles that you continue to show us every day. God, I pray that you would bless our guests today as we are highlighting them today. And God, we pray that you would continue to bless their ministries and the things that they are working on. God, we're just so grateful to be a part of what you are doing in the earth today and what you are doing here in America to continue to raise awareness on the life issue in every way that we can. God bless our conversation today, and we'll just continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Nate. All right, here's our headline of the week. Uh, We've kind of whittled everything down to one main headline. And this is just going to be a discussion point this morning. I want to be clear that this headline is not indicative of any position that Sidewalk Advocates for Life holds as far as how to end abortion through legal means, right? We just kind of want to get a discussion going because there's a lot of um, debate, even healthy discussion and debate in the pro-life movement about how in this post-Roe era, we help protect unborn children from conception uh, until the point of birth and beyond, right? And so we're going to go ahead and share this and then talk about, you know, can we do this federally? Should we do this state by state? Uh, We'll just kind of give you a little bit of the lay of the land. So 70% of Americans support banning abortions after 15 weeks to stop abortion up to birth in blue states. Frustration among the... community continues to simmer following Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump's controversial comments on Sunday that questioned the value of federal protections for the unborn. So some of you may have heard that President Trump criticized, for example, um, uh, Florida State Governor Ron DeSantis for his uh, six-week slash heartbeat ban in in the state of Florida, right? So he made some comments that uh, were very unsettling to some pro-lifers. But during Family Research Council's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit over the weekend, a panel of pro-life experts made it clear that at least a national consensus is growing to protect babies at a bare minimum of 15 weeks. So what they're talking about is that if something were to be passed by Congress, so this would be the federal level, right, that they're looking at a 15-week ceiling. So that means everybody under 15 weeks would be able to still protect life at conception, at six weeks, right? But then those, for example, who are permitting abortion until birth like new york and california they would have to bring that down to 15 weeks representative chris smith opened the panel by sharing how federal protections for the unborn has been a goal of the pro-life movement since the beginning smith went on to point out that a nationwide consensus is building right that protects babies at 15 weeks the point at which an unborn child at least again there's a debate but at least they think around 15 weeks Polls show a strong majority of up to 70% of Americans support it. In response to a common argument among some GOP strategists that abortion is a, quote, losing issue in the wake of the 2022 midterms, Mary Schock, and I hope I'm saying her name right, director of FRC, Center for Human Dignity, argued that talking about the issue in the right way and embracing it is key for electoral success. But if we look at states like Texas and Florida, we can see that in those states, Strong pro-life legislation was enacted because people spoke clearly about what we wanted to do with pro-life legislation, she argued. Pro-life legislation isn't any sort of restriction. It's a protection, a protection for a person, a person who I got to meet six weeks ago when I gave birth to my little one. Pro-life legislation is a winning issue because Americans love babies. All you have to do is walk down the street with my stroller and see that everyone in America is inherently pro-life. You can't see a baby and not spot smile shock went on to note that the pro-life movement is now in the quote first quarter after the dobbs decision similar to another paramount moment in american history She said, when we look at the only other time in in history in America when human beings were not classified as persons, when we look at what happened with slavery, it was 100 years before we had the civil rights movement, she pointed out. We need to make sure that it's not 100 years before the unborn child is granted full rights as a person. And that begins with our conversations with our neighbors. So this is just food for, th- for thought this morning. You know, uh, I don't want to go too hard down this rabbit trail, but if someone were to ask me my favorite way long term to protect the unborn, um, I actually tend to like the state by state battle, you know, gradually winning over states and actually adding something to the Constitution in black and white uh, regarding protection for the unborn child, granting personhood to the unborn child. I have colleagues that, you know, want to see the Supreme Court fine personhood under the 14th Amendment. They think that that's the best way to get the ball across the line. I've got colleagues that are supporting the 15-week ban. This morning I saw an email go out from a pro-life organization that said that they don't like the 15-week ban for various reasons, right? And so, again, you know, we are... um, nonpartisan here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life for a pregnancy help organization. But these laws absolutely affect what we're doing on the ground. You know, one of the reasons that we reorganized our programs department in post-Roe America into regions, in other words, we've got, you know, a gal on our programs team that's overseeing the Northeast and then the Southeast. We've got another gal in the, you know, the Midwest, another one in the West, right? And the idea was now we're kind of devolved into a state by state battle. And we've got to understand what that state law is because that informs the types of clients that we're seeing at the abortion facility, right? The types of procedures she may be going through. You know, if we've got clients who are going in for second and third trimester abortions, we're gonna be looking in the first day for laminary insertion and dilating the cervix and then doing a DNA, you know, we, we've gotta know these things, right, is my point. So this absolutely affects sidewalk advocates um, so it's an interesting debate right now at this point in history. What is going to get the ball across the line? I don't have the perfect answer about that today, but what I will tell you is that at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in two weeks, we're going to have two huge legal panels, and then we have a, an attorney sitting on just about, I think it's every single panel that we have, at least on the new frontiers of post row America, So we have a legal panel earlier on Saturday talking about your legal rights on the sidewalk. And then on Sunday, we're going to have a panel talking about how all the different ways abortion could legally end in America. And that is going to be a fascinating discussion. So, Nate, what are your thoughts as this discussion, this, this healthy debate plays out here in America?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting to hear different groups shooting it from different angles, right? And saying, well, we need to do it this way or another way. I think that, you know, I think that we do need to consider the idea of the, the balance of how can we have a, so, a so-called ceiling of when abortion would be legal too at this moment in our country's history, because we know that there are states that are so extremely pro-abortion. I mean, we literally have states that have no protection at all for a child while it's in the womb, up to the very moment of delivery. And so we need to be moving to a level where we do have some kind of national consensus. But I'll be honest that I am concerned about how we move forward in winning national elections if there is a very extreme position right now as a national policy. I'm just not sure. And again, that's my own personal concern about where are we as a culture? How are we working through this? You know, we want every child to be protected from the moment of conception. Is our, you know, where are we as a culture? Where are we state by state? How can we do that? I think some also are saying, you know, we fought so long to um, have the Dobbs decision come out that said that there was no constitutional right to abortion and that it should be an issue decided by the states. And now we are jumping very quickly into saying, well, wait, maybe we should have a national, you know, limit of protection. So it's just a lot, right? There's a lot to kind of consider and to jockey back and forth as we continue in this debate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think you highlight a really important point, Nate, that I I just want to spend a moment talking about before we move on to our victory story here, that it is true as anything else that life begins at conception and that human life is deserving it for you know of protection from from that moment that it comes into existence you were a unique precious irrepeatable irreplaceable life at the moment of fertilization right And then there's another question about where the culture is and how you get that ball across the line. And that's a hard question, right? Reading where everybody is in post-Roe America, of course, not wanting to concede ground, knowing that we're dealing with human lives, but also being realistic that sometimes the way to get the ball across the line is submitting to some sort of incremental battle. And so I know I don't have the perfect answer about that today. And of course, again, Sidewalk Advocates for Life doesn't take a particular position on it. It's just those of us on the national team have our favorite ways of getting there taking into note, you know, all of the you know, the pillars in the landscape here. So again, we just encourage you if you can join us at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have a panel of attorneys from Thomas More Society talking about this. And so you'll be able to hobnob with them and, you know, bounce your ideas off of them and and take some of those ideas back to your state and your community. But I think at the end of the day, let's remember this, law tends to follow culture. Yes, one pours into the other, but as we reach hearts and minds with this issue, we have hope to change the law, right? So we someday want the law to be a mere formality as hearts and minds are affected in this great battle, the the greatest human rights movement on earth, right? That's right. So 100%. So well said. Thanks, Lauren. All right. I have the victory story this week. We do, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to highlight a a special story that's now on the Sidewalk Advocates for Life blog. So if you go to sidewalkadvocates.org and click on our blog, I love the title of this. This is called The Feast is Coming. We always say it's feast or famine, reflected Tanya, a trained sidewalk advocate and the founder CEO, she's one of my favorite people, of Hand of Hope Pregnancy Centers in North Carolina. Rest in the famine because the feast is coming and you're going to be busy. The SAFL rally North Carolina team had their biggest ever feast when sidewalk advocates connected with a record number of women in one day on the sidewalk. So this was in the recent past, and I won't read the rest of this to you, but just listen to this. She said, we were able to connect with 30 women on the sidewalk, 30 actual abortion facility patients that they gave gift bags to. They gave contact information. They celebrated all the wonderful services at the local life-affirming pregnancy resource center. I mean, that's the epitome of a sidewalk advocate, right? As being the gateway to life-affirming resources in the community. One of the women needed information about abortion pill reversal. So, yes, let's pray for her. This woman who prospectively initiated the process to reverse her the, the chemical abortion procedure that she had just started. So, again, this is just progesterone re- replacement, right? That two-pill chemical abortion regimen, the first pill blocks progesterone. If we can get her on the abortion pill uh regimen, abortion pill reversal regimen, we can replace that progesterone and prospectively save the life of that child, right? So again, even a couple of the women who were coming out after their abortion, they received healing information from those on the sidewalk. They were the first sign of God's mercy to those women. Again, that helps prevent future abortions. And Tanya just was so elated about this special day on the sidewalk, this landmark day. And she said, you know, she had reflected saying that despite the days when it seems like they aren't making any connections, they remain persistent. Hang in there, she says. Keep striving and get up and do it all over again tomorrow. The Lord will reward it. And and this is, again, part and parcel of sidewalk advocacy. You will have days where you go out to the sidewalk and you go, okay. I'm pretty sure I just got a suntan today. Now we know from the statistics of our friends who are former abortion workers, they always say that when you feel like nothing is happening, there's actually a lot happening behind the scenes. Hearts and minds are being affected. Women are turning around. You're just not seeing it. Maybe somebody didn't get a chance to tell you that they changed their minds. Um, And then you have days on the sidewalk where it is just raining miracles and and those are in front of your face, right? So if you are somebody who's in a lull right now, I want you to take Tanya's words to mind that a lot of times your next victory is just around the corner. So a shout out to Tanya and her team in North Carolina. We really appreciate you and glory to God for all that he has, he has done and continues to do.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. What a great story.
1: Yeah. So good. Um
0: So great. Thanks, Lauren. So today for my tip, it really kind of dovetails with Lauren's victory story today. I wanted to share the tip today of smile, be friendly, show compassion, not pity. Okay. So what do I mean by that? The idea is that we need to make sure that Whether we are on the sidewalk or whether we are talking to a friend who has recently learned that she's pregnant or whether we might be even online working to reach out to women that are in need in in, in some kind of forum that we find online. We need to be making sure that we are smiling through those conversations and that we are being friendly through those conversations wherever they're taking place, that we show compassion, but that we're not giving pity to people that we are showing them that they can be empowered, that life can be promoted in their situation, and that they can make it through the challenge that is facing them right now. I know sometimes that seems very elementary, or maybe for some of you that seems really like monumental, like, how can I smile when I'm standing outside an abortion facility and know that that children are going to be dying through abortion that day? How can I show compassion when I have so many other mixed feelings about what's going on in the abortion industry? How do I show the compassion without pitying their situation? I'm just encouraging you today through this tip of how important it is to be friendly, to be compassionate, but not to look down on people with pity. Because when we show people compassion that moves them to action— That is when we can actually give them the hand up and the help up that they need to get through the situation that they have found themselves in. So today I'm encouraging you. Maybe you're listening to us live while you're on a sidewalk of of an abortion facility. Maybe you're driving to the sidewalk. Maybe you're listening to the podcast later. I just want you to always keep in mind, smile, be friendly, be compassionate. Don't show pity. Empower women and men to make life-changing decisions. So there's my tip for the
1: day. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Nate. Yeah. Well, I am so excited to go into these two. This is very special. We've never done this on the show before. Two yeah. back-to-back interviews with two powerhouse women that are fighting sex trafficking. And there's a huge link, if you don't already know, between sex trafficking, abortion. And we're just excited to you know, give you a little bit of a preview uh, about what they will be sharing uh, here at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in a couple of weeks. So first, we're going to bring on Dr. Marlene Carson and then Demetria Gillum williams So Dr. Carson, the founder and executive director of the National Anti-Trafficking Network. Good morning, Dr. Carson. How are you?
2: I am doing absolutely amazing and happy to be here with you all today.
1: Oh, so honored to have you with us. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Well, let's just dive right into it. We would love to know about you and the switch, who you are as an organization and ministry. And I I just love this. You call yourself a Sir Thriver, and I would love to know what that means, (laughs) right? We would love to know what that means because I know it's powerful. So yeah, take it away. Well, I'll start
2: right there. So um, a Sir Thriver, um, I, I started calling myself that probably four years ago when I realized I survived sex trafficking as a minor child, I thrive mm-hmm. in business and ministry, and I'm here to revive others' dead dreams, visions, and
1: purpose. So that's what
2: A Thriver is to me.
1: Beautiful, I love it.
3: <laughs> yes. Um,
1: so, so you're somebody that actually walked this journey. How did you yeah. you know, eventually come into forming this ministry? And then what does is, what is your day-to-day work look like in the ministry?
2: Oh my goodness. So I came into um, starting the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network because I saw such a need in my city where victims had no housing, victims had no resources, um, and victims really were kind of lost and being dropped in systems. So there's a lot of different systems Mm -hmm. that deal with mental health, deal with addiction, but they weren't getting to the core root of the victimization, which causes some of the mental health, the trauma, and the addiction. And so we started um, the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network in 2016. But prior to that, I had actually, in 2008, started our first housing uh, organization, which uh, we've had for many, many years, where we house victims of trafficking. And it was really interesting. I began to see, even in the Switch, our housing organization is called Rahab Sideway. We begin to see women that were being forced to have abortions and interesting enough when we started the switch switch is all about policy and advocacy switch and i can share this with you all sometimes when i'm on national television or things like that um, i have to give sometimes the political explanation for switch but what do you do when you repent you switch you make a change. And so that's really our core root of why we call the switch just that, because it's at some point, I think America needs to repent. Yeah, I think, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, sure. it's so much injustice and it's so much wrongdoing. Even when it comes to victims, victims don't know if they are a criminal. They don't know if they're a victim. They, it's such a great space And so there's just a lot of repentance that needs to be done on behalf of victims everywhere. So that's why we call it the switch.
0: Beautiful. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. just such an honor to have you with us and just to learn more about what you're doing. So, you know, help me here, you know, as an author and a coach, what are some Mm -hmm. of your top advice that you would give to sidewalk advocates, you know, who may be seeing signs of sex trafficking while they're on the sidewalk outside of a facility and where, um, you know, where they are serving and how should mm-hmm. they report and respond?
2: You know, my biggest advice to sidewalk advocates is stay safe. Yeah, That's absolutely my number one. I cannot say it enough. Yeah. Stay safe because there are protocols and there are ways that you can report and remain safe. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you may see a uh, someone that's being forced to have an abortion. Her trafficker may be with her. Her, They have what's called a bottom girl, uh, which is a recruiter or a manager or the guard, the the one that's making sure she goes through with it in this case. But you may think she's just a friend and she may be the bottom girl. You know what I'm saying? And so you approach these two women One's being actually forced to have an abortion. The other one is her watchdog. And so you approach and you're not sure who you're really dealing with. I cannot stress it enough. Stay safe. Always mm-hmm. make the calls for um, either there's several um, organizations. One is Rescue America, that we mm-hmm. um and I'll I'll give you all some more further um resources when I'm there with you all. But yeah. there's some organizations that have protocols where they will instantaneously, I mean, instantly, they will get you the help, the support, the resources the flight, the hotel, whatever is necessary to get that person safe. And so yeah. safety on both ends, safety yeah. for you all as sidewalk advocates and safety for the person that's being forced to have an
1: abortion. Beautiful. Wow. Yes. That's great great and When uh, Dr. Carson is at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in a couple weeks, she'll be sharing, again, more of those resources and we'll be walking sidewalk advocates step by step by step in how we respond safely. And we Mm -hmm. also do our part in reporting what we need to report. You know, it it may be that in some states we're not mandatory reporters, but -hmm. at the same time, I I like to think in a sense we're moral reporters, right? That's right. Yes. Right? If we Mm -hmm. see something, we need to say something and at least get it into the right hands so that the experts can handle this particular situation. One more question, Dr. Carson, is, again, we're only able to do just a a shallow dive today, but we're so excited (laughs) about learning more from you here in a couple weeks.
0: What most excites you about being at our conference and being a part of this event?
1: What most excites me is the fact that I can
2: empower the sidewalk advocates and they can take the message, the love and the resources out to communities where I may not ever be able to go. So wow, that's, that's so powerful. I love the way you the just most. said that.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. They can reach where I can. not I love it.
0: That's right. Yeah. And it's so important. That's what the whole point is, right. Of how we keep building together, right. We are stronger together. We are better together. We are able to save more, more people through our work together as we can. And that's what I think,
2: you know, it's, it's like, to me, some of us I've learned over the years to stay in my lane. Okay. We, I have a lane. My lane is sex trafficking. I'm gonna stay right there, but I can empower you all to make your lanes even more efficient that's to make right. y'all yeah. can empower us to make yeah. our lanes more efficient. but together we can make an impact in this world. So that's what excites me the most.
3: So
1: beautiful. So Dr. Carson, if people want to find you online in your ministry, where's the best place for them to go?
2: Instagram. <laughs> Is
1: that all right. So, okay. Uh, uh-huh.
2: Dr. Dot Marlene Carson on Instagram. I do have a personal w- website, merlenecarson.com or the switch at um org.
1: Wonderful.
2: I do want to tell you something. I don't uh, even think you yeah. all know. I don't know if you you know that um, I'm actually the chair of the US Advisory Council on Trafficking at the White House.
1: Oh my gracious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm just I'm rendered speechless right at this moment. So I, I'm, I'm so excited. Afraid. I mean, look at this, yeah. look at what God is doing in your in your ministry. Oh, look at that. Let me I can't even wow. We only have a few minutes, so you don't even want me to go there. Okay. <laughs> because I, I, wanna, I am oh so I remember
2: good. when I first got the phone call when um then President Trump was in office and they were like, um, President Trump has appointed you to the U.S. Advisory Council. I hung up the phone. I said, stop (laughs) playing. You know, stop playing. (laughs) This is fake. It was not a joke. It was not a joke. And so this administration has decided to keep me on and now I'm the chair of the council. It's absolutely amazing.
1: Beautiful. Well, bless you in the ministry that you are doing. Uh, The Holy Spirit just continue to inspire you as you meet with people. And you, you, I mean, I love the the name, The Switch, right? It's indicative of a change of heart, a conversion of heart, of bringing people from darkness to light, right? And through the light of Christ and knowledge and wisdom. And so thank you so much for all that you're doing. And we just so look forward to meeting you finally in person here in a couple of weeks and hearing more of your wisdom. So... Okay. Looking forward so, right. to it. God bless you both. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you, Dr. Bye-bye. Carson. Bye-bye. Wow. So good. Bye-bye. I mean, again, w- she's going to be one of the beautiful women and advisors on the panel here in wow. a couple of weeks. And speaking of, we've got another powerhouse that we're going to go ahead and introduce you to at this moment. Demetria Gilliam-Williams, the executive director of Life 107 is also with us. Loved getting to know her yesterday when we had kind of a pre-conversation. Good morning, Demetria. How are you?
3: Good morning. I'm
1: doing great and just excited to share today. So thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. We're honored to have you with us today and in a couple of weeks. weeks. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about who you are and your unique ministry. What is Life 107? There's got to be a story behind Life 107, right?
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We get that all the time. So Life 107 is a small nonprofit in the the mountains of Western North Carolina, if you can't tell by the accent, right? Um, And so, so Life 107 began in 2013. And our name actually is a combination between scripture and the life of the girls that we serve. So uh, many people know that the life is a term that's used by prostituted and trafficked survivors to express their experience. So they most often say I'm in the life. So we use that and um, and perfectly paired it with the scripture from Psalm 107. which portrays the God who is willing to go into the deep with these girls. And so that's, that's part of the root of who we are, just being willing to go into these difficult places. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. We've served survivors for about five years now. In the beginning, we did an escorting outreach where we reached out to girls who were being advertised online. And then we just saw that God was opening this uh, capacity up so that we could serve people in three main focus areas to protect, reach and restore. That protection piece is what you're seeing online and a lot of education and training that really goes into our schools um, our clinics, anybody who is willing to understand more of what this accurately looks like. Um, our outreach is uh, really, it was taking place among those who were experiencing homelessness because we know they're in, engaging in survival sex. Um, but it's also outreaching yeah. parents and and keeping them aware of, of what exploitation looks like on multiple yeah. levels. And then that restoration piece is is our favorite Um I, I just, uh, first of all, I adore Marlene and just her survivorship. And, and so we get to work uh, with survivors of trafficking who um, are beautiful souls and and resilient. And so it's just an honor uh, to be part of their lives.
1: That's
3: great.
0: So That's good. incredible. Just su- such great work. And thank you so much for what you are doing. You know, like what you were just mentioning, part of your work is uniquely meeting survivors where they are with compassion, resources and grace. Mm -hmm. What are some tips for believers, you know, to meet women where they are who are recovering from the sex trade?
3: Mm, I think the first the first step is to remove biases and judgments. You know, sometimes we want to put this hard line between prostitution or prostituted people and traffic survivors. And from our perspective, both are victims of the sex trade. They are both engaging in commercial sex and they're both being exploited. So really just not trying to make that discernment and and meeting people um, with a a. Com- Posure of compassion, and in my uh, in my opinion, that uh, that is putting on Christ every day and realizing that He met people in that way. Um, so many times He was moved with compassion, and um, we just can't do anything outside of that. Uh, just being able to put aside those biases. Um, it's really that first step to showing her, especially on the sidewalk, I would add, uh, that that she's welcomed and that she's not judged. And uh, you're there to provide resources for whatever it is that she might need. Yeah. I and love that. that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So good. So, good. so you're going to be with us in a couple of weeks at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference. Life 107 is also one of our beloved sponsors what excites you about being on the panel and being part of this event and and helping to pour into these sidewalk advocates who may be seeing some really difficult things at abortion facilities?
3: Absolutely. I just love being part of Kingdom Work and realizing that on this panel with Marlene, myself, and Lisa that that we're there together to um to bring glory to yeah. our creator and and then to preserve life in any way that we can. And um, just being given the opportunity uh, to equip people to recognize and effectively respond to these girls that they're engaging with. Beautiful. I love it.
1: And I just feel like talking to Dr. Carson, talking to you, I feel like I'm seeing puzzle pieces come together that when you all hit the stage in a couple of weeks and you're talking to, you know, hundreds of sidewalk advocates and prayer volunteers and pregnancy help folks, people who serve at mobile units or just people who are quote unquote sidewalk advocates out in the culture, I know that you're going to be imparting invaluable information. Unfortunately, there is, you know, I, I admit myself, I've been so naive. I've been so blind to what sometimes is going mm-hmm. on around me. And, and even when you all were talking yesterday, I'm thinking back in the over 20 years that I've been out on the sidewalk. I'm like, oh, maybe that that was a situation of sex trafficking. Maybe mm-hmm. that was, you know, light bulbs are going off. And that's that's what I think is going to be so precious for so many of us is kind of stepping back. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. like, what are we seeing? How do we best respond? How are we the hands of, and feet of Christ in in an even greater way when we're serving at these facilities, right? Yes. Well, that's if people want to, you know, hopefully, people can make the conference here in a couple of weeks we're gonna have a jam-packed room but if they can't come to dallas or again if they otherwise want to connect with you directly what's the best contact information for you in life 107.
3: Yeah, I would say online at um, life107.org. and There are just a a wealth of um, information and resources. And the most important, I would say, if you first of all, if you're coming to um, a little plug, a side plug, if you're coming to the conference, we'll have resources there um, that will give you access to this online. But it's an online exploitation assessment. And so we've noticed that it really opens um, objectively opens, uh, people's minds about whether or not they're being exploited. So go to life107.org and under, um, online exploitation assessment. It's a, it's a great resource. Absolutely. Wow,
1: wonderful. Well, thank you, Demetria. We so appreciate you. We just love everything that you're doing and, uh, we can't wait to meet you here in person in a couple of weeks. So again, life107.org, right? Life107.org is the place to go and yeah. the Lord bless your ministry. Thank yes. you for everything that you're doing.
3: You guys as well. Totally support and and um, value who you guys are. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much.
1: Thank oh, great. you. We can't wait. Two more weeks. That's, oh. that's, that's, right. Right. that's
3: right. Thanks. Great. See you soon. All right. Wow.
1: What? Really, really. I mean, I, yesterday we uh, had a pre-panel discussion for the sex trafficking panel. So I got to meet Dr. Carson and Demetria yesterday. And at one point, our conference coordinator, Allison stopped the meeting. And she said, can I just say that I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness? She's like, wow, look at this panel. I mean, and, and, you know, you all haven't even yet Met on the show, for example, uh, Lisa Haba, the attorney that is going to be sitting on the panel. Her full-time work is going after businesses and entities that deal or or have allowed, you know, some aspect of sex trafficking. Right? I mean, she's doing incredible work, and she works with Sir Thrivers (laughs) or Survivors at that point. Right. All, all day, every day, Missy Martina Stone with Reprotection handles reporting to the local officials evidence of sex trafficking going on at these abortion facilities. And Again, this panel is going to be so powerful. So again, I, I really hope everybody can make it. That's one of the three new frontiers that we're going to be covering at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in a couple of weeks. The other ones are male order and pharmacy abortions, as well as the transgender hormone therapy, so to speak, issue, which again, Planned Parenthood is the second largest provider of that now. It's going to be such a powerful program here in a couple of weeks.
0: So. yeah we're so excited it's awesome very very exciting what a great show we've had today with these two guests so hope that you can come if you haven't already grabbed a ticket make sure you do that today i want to go ahead and give us a scripture reflection as we get ready to round out the show today and today i wanted to point us to second thessalonians 13 um, 313 so um v- chapter 3 verse 13 sorry i'm getting all tripped up in second thessalonians and it says um dear brothers and sisters." never get tired of doing good. You know, it's simple this morning, but it's so profound. I encourage you to take some time to read um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and, and meditate on this verse and just the reality that whatever we're doing, whatever we've been called to, we can't get tired of doing good. And yeah, sometimes it is hard and we need to make sure that our strength is coming from the Lord and that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen us in, in, in every day as we are doing the work we've been called to, but that we must keep in mind never to get weary, never to get tired of doing what is good. So again, that's from Second Thessalonians 3.13 today. I hope that you'll go read that, read the whole chapter, spend some time meditating and praying into the reality that we must be those who continue to do the good things that we've been called to do. And with that in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we're so thankful for all that you are doing. We're so thankful for um, the Switch and for Life 107 and these great um, ladies who are running these great organizations that are working to help those who have been caught up in the sex trafficking world. God, we're so grateful for them being a part of our conference in a few weeks. And God, we're just so, so thankful that we can all be a part of exposing darkness and bringing people to hope and help and to the healing that they need. God, I just pray that you would continue to guide us and lead us through the efforts of sidewalk advocates today and throughout this weekend and into next week. God that you would help us to always lead with compassion, always to lead with a smile and to be those who are are breaking down barriers and that are not using you know the the thoughts and ideas maybe of of any kind of condemnation or or any kind of judgment but just meeting people where they are and helping to lead them into a new and fresh step in their life. God, I pray that you would continue to bless Sidewalk Advocates for Life and all that we are doing here and all those involved in the pregnancy help or um, movement across America. We're so grateful to be called by you. We'll continue to give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Nate. What a great show. I know some of this can be a little bit heavy, but you know, we here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life are all about pointing people to hope, right? How it is that we are part of the solution. You know, someone asked me, a handful of months ago, Lauren, how can you talk about abortion every day? How can you, you know, deal in this, in this great evil in our country every day? And I tell people, I'm like, we're living the resurrection over here. We love Mm -hmm. being part of the solution we are seeing in droves, abortion facilities, shutting down workers, leaving women, choosing life. It never gets old. And every day in the ministry, there's at least, at least six babies that are saved on average in the ministry every single day. And so We are winning we are gradually winning and we just need to keep staying the course and forming ourselves gathering garnering wisdom right and and continuing in this great mission to save lives and to end abortion so thank you all so much for being with us we love you we appreciate you come and join us next friday for another edition of wake up to life with lauren and nate 9 a.m eastern 8 a.m central you know it's called the central time zone because that's god's time zone right the side now. Here we go
0: again. I'm an Eastern time zone guy. So, we'll always we'll always shoot from the from the east here. It's
2: Thank crazy. you guys. Again. I, I'm in the I'm in the show. promised
1: land. I'm in the promised land and I'm in God's time zone. So, who who, who would have thought? Anyways, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yes. Thank right. you everybody. Thank you for joining <laughs> enjoy, us. Have enjoy
0: fun. your week. Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. bye Bye.